What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. By the time you're listening to this, it will be Friday, November 6th. Uh, Today's show will be a mailbag show primarily, though there is some news to talk about that Bob Nightingale reported regarding the Cleveland Indians and Francisco Lindor. I'm going to sink my teeth into that because it's, it's big news. It affects the Tigers. It affects all of baseball. This has been a weird week to do shows. I mean, outside of the personal stuff that I, I've been pretty open about, you know, mental health struggles, it's been a strange week because I get paid here to talk about baseball and to talk about the Detroit Tigers. And I enjoy doing what I do, but I would be lying to you right now if I told you that that was the number one thing on my mind. There have been much bigger things on my mind this week regarding this election, the state of this country, stuff that is very important to me. It, it hurts that I can't talk about it more. It hurts that I can't express my opinion more because I, I am I am pigeonholed into the position that I'm in, which is the Tigers guy, the sports guy, the guy who makes his his little Twitter videos. I I want to talk about things that are so much more important to that than that, and I probably will never be able to do that because a couple years ago I yelled about the Tigers in my car and that's what I became known for. I guess you you know you, you reap what you sow in that aspect. But either way, you know, that's just me venting a little bit. I still do enjoy doing this quite a bit and I look forward to talking about what we're going to talk about today and answering your questions. But first I am going to start off with the news that yes, Bob Nightingale reported. I know many people like to joke about Nightingale. He's wrong pretty much all the time and his he, his tweets are riddled constantly with with typing errors and misspellings, but I think he's probably right about this one, and that's that the Cleveland Indians came out yesterday and said that they intend to trade Francisco Lindor during this offseason. This is not a surprise. Many people saw this coming. I know I have a, a relationship with the people of Cleveland you know, because of the videos I've made. I, I hold that very close to me. I, I love Cleveland, and I, I do root for them when they're not playing the Tigers. You know, I think them announcing that they're going to trade him is not necessarily what hurts the fan base the most, though I understand the frustration for sure, because Cleveland, Ohio is a major sports market, right? The fact that their owners, who are incredibly rich, are not willing to dish out the money to extend a guy like Francisco Lindor or Jose Ramirez, I'm sure that's that's devastating for them. And I, I completely understand that. But I think for the most part, that stuff happens in baseball. You saw that with the Tigers. In 2017, they said they were going to trade Verlander and J.D. Martinez and Upton and Kinsler. And like, I never had a problem with that. What I had a problem with was the returns they got back for those guys. That's what bothered me. But you see this with a lot of baseball teams. You know, they go through a period of great success, and then after a while, you know, they start to, the, the window closes and you have to decide to make some moves. I think that's what the Indians are doing right now. It is what the Indians are doing right now. I think why that fan base is so distraught right now is is not that they're trading him necessarily, though I'm sure that does hurt and they definitely do have the money to extend him. I think it's the fact that they never really built around him. Now, don't get me wrong. The Indians have had a phenomenal baseball team over the last five years. They've been very, very good, but primarily the players that they have acquired, the core of of the teams that made them so successful were homegrown guys, you know, guys that came up through that system with, with Lindor and Kluber. I know Kluber, I think, came from San Diego, but he was he was the Indians guy, you know, came up through that system. Carrasco, Ramirez, Brantley when he was there. I mean, so many great players. And yeah, they, they made trades for and Andrew Miller. They were so close in 2016. I mean, they were closer than any team can possibly be without actually winning a World Series. And yet, after that, all they did over the next three years was sign Edwin Encarnacion, who they would later trade. Everything else was, you know, kind of, you know, short-term 
trades. You know, they, they got Carlos Santana back, another guy who came up through the system with them. I think that they were, I think the fan base there has been so frustrated by the, the cheapness of their ownership. And I, I completely understand why. I almost more than anyone turned my nose up at this 60 game season and, and talking about how, you know, the results of this season didn't mean a whole lot to me. It was hard to gauge, you know, how much a player may have struggled or succeeded because of the small sample size. But you do wonder if the Indians would have been more inclined to go for it in 2021 if they would have made a deeper run in 2020 because a lot of things went right for them this year. I even said that. I said teams that either don't have the budget or are just small market teams are going to have an opportunity here to make deep runs in the postseason. That's exactly what we saw with the Tampa Bay Rays this year. And we went into this postseason. We said, all right, you know what? The Indians with this rotation, a team were to catch these guys with their best stuff in a series or, or over several series. This is a team that could make a deep run, maybe even make it to and win a World Series. Be got absolutely crushed in game one. Brad Hand blew the save in game two when their season was over. And I think in that moment, everyone kind of unanimously agreed for the time being, the Cleveland Indians window has officially closed. Now, it can open back up here pretty soon because as, as cheap as their ownership is, their front office is phenomenal. I mean, they make great trades and they develop talent really well. They do a lot of things right, but Francisco Lindor seems to be on the trading block right now, uh, pretty much symbolically ending what was a really impressive string there for the Cleveland Indians. Now, maybe they'll be all right next year, but after that, they might go through a year or two where they're, uh, you know, where they have to take it on the chin. And you know what? As much as I love Cleveland, I'm okay with that because they forced us Tigers fans to take it on the chin for a long time. Now on to the mailbag. I got a few mailbag questions in today. I'm probably going to answer about three of them. I got one about the draft. I'm going to be open with you guys. I haven't really thought about the draft that much this year, uh, to, to be honest with you. I mean, we'll, we'll get there. I'm not someone who follows drafts in general that closely. Like, outside of Spencer Torkelson, I didn't even know many of the prospects that came out of last year's draft. I pay attention to, like, the big guys once, you know, draft season comes, you know, inches closer. But, you know, there's a lot of people, like Jay Markle, I think for Bless You Boys, does a great job with that, where he basically knows every pick in all 40 rounds of the draft. I'm not really like that. The closer we get, the more I'll pay attention to it. But, yeah, unfortunately, I can't really answer that question right now. But there were a few others that I was looking forward to answering. And let's uh, jump on it right now. The first question comes to us from Jason uh, Pointras, maybe at J Pointez on Twitter. He asks, when would you speculate on Hinch's coaching staff? Obviously, with the young team, the hitting coach and the pitching coach might be the two most important hires he makes. It's a very good question. I think I got another one that asked something similar. I had to, I had to research this because I really don't know. You know, I wish I knew more about this stuff, but one, one thing about me that separates me from other people is I'm one of the only people seemingly in the world at this point, good lord, with the amount of crap that people spew nowadays, who can actually admit when he's just not particularly knowledgeable on, on a topic. The one guy I did see, though, that kind of caught my eye regarding a potential hitting coach is actually Dave Hudgens. Now, he's 63 years old, which might turn some people off, but he's currently the bench coach for the Blue Jays. He was the hitting coach for the Houston Astros in 2017. Worked with Hinch, won a World Series under Hinch. Yes, a controversial, if not tainted, World Series under A.J. Hinch, but they're friends. You know, I'd have to look at the payment situation. Does a bench coach get paid more than a hitting coach? Like, I don't think so, and it's not like the Blue Jays are some perennial contender that he just can't be pulled away from. I would I would look into the, him potentially being the Tigers hitting coach going forward, and, and I wouldn't be opposed to the hire either. I mean, had a lot of success in Houston, won a World Series there, and the, everything that we say regarding 
people who worked for the Astros during the 20, 2017 season is going to be met with a lot of skepticism, and I understand that. The players they had and the approach they had was a smart approach. Like, I I, I understand. The the cheating stuff was bad. Knowing what's coming is terrible. It's, it's awful. It hurt the game of baseball. I get it. But we can't go completely one way or the other here. We can't just say, oh, everything they did was awful and those players are terrible. You, you need to have talent to hit a baseball, even if you know what's coming. And the approach those guys had, the fact that, yes, the strikeout numbers were way down, but even even if you just say the strikeout numbers were solely down because of the cheating, they remained down. This The Houston Astros, over the last several years, went from, in 2015, being a team that struck out all the time, to a team that did not strike out much at all, and yet still hit for average, and yet still hit for power. And Dave Hudgens, as their hitting coach in 2017, was one of the reasons for that. I would look to him potentially being a guy that the Tigers will hire as their hitting coach coach going forward. That was just the first one that I saw. This next one from Sam Jane, that's at Sam underscore Jane 230 on Twitter. Three free agent signings you predict the Tigers will make. Now, I got another free agent question as well that I will answer, but this one is just predictions on who I think they will go out and get. The three that I looked at, and there were several that that I could easily see falling to Detroit. The first one I saw that piqued my interest was another former Astro, Marwin Gonzalez. Now, I'm not saying these are guys that I want. Marwin Gonzalez was not good this year. He wasn't particularly good the previous year with the Twins, but he would come for cheap. He played under A.J. Hinch, had a phenomenal season in 2017 with Hinch as his manager, but he's appealing to the Tigers because let's say a Jonathan Scope doesn't re-sign with the Tigers at second base, and you have a Nico Goodrum who, while great defensively last year, was not good with the bat and could ultimately end up becoming someone who's more of a platoon guy, and then you have a guy in Marwin Gonzalez who can play a million different positions, and I think that has been a an area where the Tigers, even when they were really good, were severely lacking. Like, you see the Dodgers right now, a well-oiled machine that has these guys like Kike Hernandez, who can play a million different positions, and while the numbers themselves offensively may not be super pretty, they can still hit for power, come off the bench, and give you a spark, and more importantly, you can move them all around the diamond. The Tigers have not had that guy in a long time. Like, the last one you could point to was Andrew Romine, but and I liked Romine, okay, but did Andrew Romine really scare you? Like, when Andrew Romine was in a lineup, we knew, okay, well, you know, we, we know what we knew what to expect from him. Marwin Gonzalez, while the average has not been pretty over the last several years, still has pop, still very versatile, and I think is a guy, because of his age, probably won't be someone who's going to get a multi-year deal from any team. I, I could see him potentially being a guy that the Tigers look to. Another one, at first base, you know, it, it would be very easy for me to say, oh, I think they re-signed Scope, oh, oh I think they re-signed Crone. I mentioned this guy earlier when talking about the Indians. Carlos Santana, somewhat aging, has a lot of city miles on him, played a lot of games, been around for a long time, got a three-year deal, I believe it was, with the Phillies. He's now finished up that three-year deal. I mean, when he signed that three-year contract, there were a lot of people then that were saying that they were surprised by that because he was getting a little bit older. Three years have since passed. Tigers need a first baseman. This guy can DH. He can play first. Can still hit for power. The average wasn't great this year. The numbers in general weren't particularly sparkling. But one thing the Tigers desperately need right now is an on-base machine. And Carlos Santana walks all the time. I mean, even in his weakest years in Cleveland, which he was always pretty darn good, Guy saw a ton of pitches and drew a ton of walks. I think he would be an appealing signing for the Tigers, and if he puts up big numbers, which I think he could be capable of doing, would be great trade bait in a one-year contract. The last one I went with was a pitcher, and that's actually Taewon Walker. He played for two teams this year, had a nice little bounce back. I could see the Tigers 
picking him up because one mistake I think they've made over the last several years is they've signed several free agent pitchers, whether it be Francisco Liriano or Ivan Nova or Matt Moore, and a lot of them have either not been very good or gotten injured. Taewon Walker was a guy who was really highly touted when he was coming up through the Mariners system. Never quite developed into the pitcher a lot of people expected him to be, mainly because of injuries, but had a nice little bounce back season last year. In 11 starts, 4-3 and three with a 2-7-0 ERA. What makes him appealing to me is that teams will not dish out the money to pay him, I think, for a multi-year deal because they need a bigger sample size. I mean, this is a guy who had pitched in four games over the previous two seasons, so I don't think anyone's going to give him like a three, four, five-year deal, but at age 28, I could see the Tigers giving him a one-year deal if he picks if he pitches some good baseball again could be a guy who gets traded for some for some solid prospects at the deadline. And look, I said I'm done with tanking. You know, I, I want them to be good. I want them to make an attempt to be good. But we also need to be realistic here. This team will probably be sellers at next year's deadline as well. The roster is still not very good. And if you can snag a, a, a Taewon Walker who gives you some good innings in the first half of next season, flip him for prospects, hey, that that's that's not a bad signing in my opinion. I do have one more question I have to answer. I will answer that in segment two here. We will be right back. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And we're back. Thank you very much to everyone for tuning in. Last segment of the week and answering one more question on this mailbag show. The final question comes to us from Nick Morgan Stern. I've been getting a lot of long names today. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm practically illiterate. I apologize. At NickWin19 on Twitter, he asks, who do you think would be the best free agents the Tigers could make this offseason? I think he means which free agent signings uh, could the Tigers have this offseason that you believe would be the best. I said in the last segment who I think they will get, who I want them to get. And, you know, it would be easy. I want him to go get Trevor Bauer. I want him to go get George Springer. And, and while Springer has more of a 0% chance now, which is what he had before the Tigers hired Hinch, you know, him going back to play for his former manager could be an appealing thing. I don't think the Tigers are ready to dish out that kind of money. And in a way, I understand that. I mean, we'd all love to see it. The guy I've been touting for a long time now has been JT Riamuto. I know Riamuto is a pipe dream. And the odds of him coming to Detroit are slim, but it would just be a perfect match. One of the best game callers in the sport, behind the plate, helping these young arms find their footing at the major league level. I'd love to see it. Now, it won't happen for a couple reasons. One, again, the Tigers are cheap. I think Illich is cheap, at least for the time being, has remained pretty darn cheap. I don't see them dishing out the cash to sign JT Riamuto, even though a lot of people are afraid to, to see the Tigers put their dip their toes into the pond. I don't think he'd cost that much. They have more money than God. You know, I would love to see them dish out the money for him, but ultimately, I think JT Riamuto is a real competitor. 
you saw at points in Philadelphia him kind of, ex- and even in Miami, express his, his discontent with some of his team's performance in the past. The last place that a guy like that, who's only played for losing teams his entire career, is going to want to go would be a Detroit. This was a podcast I did a couple months ago where I said, look, dump truck full of gold ought to do it. Maybe they can snag him. Maybe they can uh, find a way to get JT Riamuto to Detroit. I have serious doubts about that, though, right now. But that, that to me, is the top one. I'm sure I'm a broken record at this point, but I'll say it again. I believe in a lot of the prospects that are coming up through the system here or saw the major league level this year, like Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal. It is the organization's job to put them in position to succeed. I think that one thing that helped Verlander a ton when he was coming up through the system and, and got to the major league level was the fact that he had a great game caller in Pudge Rodriguez helping him out through his his first couple seasons. I mean, you saw that in 2008 when Pudge was really starting to decline both offensively and defensively, Verlander took a massive step back. It wasn't until 2009 where he kind of ascended to being the, the legit ace that he seemed like he was going to be in his first two years in the league. The string of catchers that we've seen in Detroit over the last several years wouldn't help uh, Jacob DeGrom. You need an elite game caller to help these young pitchers. I'm not saying that it's the end-all be-all, but I just think in terms of trying to put these guys in position to succeed, it would be a massive, massive help. I'd love to see JT Riamuto in Detroit. That, to me, would be the is the number one get. Probably won't happen, but hey, a man can dream. So that will do it for today's show and this week's worth of shows. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at castellani two o. One four. I haven't tweeted all week. Haven't cared to. Twitter's a cesspool. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written five star review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated, everybody. Thank you very much for listening and sticking with me this week. A very strange week's worth of podcast, but I think the content was pretty darn good. I will be back here on Monday recapping some more news. We'll figure out stuff to talk about. We always do. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you very much for listening, and go Tigers.